0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network hello hello here we go it's the
1: copy podcast what is happening everyone welcome back to the copy podcast it is another stat show another stat show in liverpool of I've won again. I'm just just jinxing it even more, Mike. But uh, yeah, I'm joined by Optus Mike Reed as usual. Mike, how's it going, lad?
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad. How are you doing mate?
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, we said that we keep saying this now. It's a common common theme. Like it's, like it's just we always start the pods. It's nice to see Liverpool winning games, and we yes. were just talking just just before we started recording about like different like doing it in different ways and stuff. And it's it's mm-hmm. nice that like Liverpool are. Yeah, coming from behind, showing some mental toughness, which we sh- we've talked about on, on other shows as well. And yeah. even just grinding out results like like we did last night against Fulham, where Fulham played quite well. It could have easily been 1-1 or 2-2 or whatever. We had a few chances. They had a few good chances if it weren't for Alisson, which we'll get to at the very end of the show. But it's nice yeah, yeah. to see Liverpool showing different, like you said, different styles of, of winning games.
0: Yeah, so it, it's five wins in a row. And I think all... Five wins have been pretty different. So it obviously started with a lead six one. Just I mean leads are in a bit of disarray at the minute. Obviously bringing in Sam Allardyce to try and save their their season. But um, yeah, so that was a, a comfortable win. Uh, but then you've got the last four the start I, I was sort of mentioned was that um, have all been won by one goal by Liverpool, but all different scores. So there was the three two against Nottingham Forest where you know, Liverpool kept going ahead but Forest kept pegging them back so they, they managed to find a way of in you know, a sort of hectic game two and fro game finding a way to, to still win then there was the West Ham game went 1-0 down now normally this season we, we spoke about it after the West Ham game going 1-0 down away from home Liverpool would then lose but this time they found a way to come back win 2-1 uh, then there was the, ridiculous game against Spurs 4-3 so again another one goal win but very different to the other two Liverpool should have been out of sight really well ahead in the game 3-0 in the first what 15 minutes uh let them back into it and then did Richarlison dirty at the end really (laughs) it was amazing moments of the season absolutely (laughs) unbelievable um just one of them things that only football can do that no other sport is, is quite like that um and then and then obviously finally getting a clean sheet, the first clean sheet in this run of wins last night. So another different way of, of winning. So, yeah, it's as you mentioned, it's finding different ways to win games. And, and, you know, I think Liverpool just haven't had that this season. Last season, they were great at it. Just no matter how the game went, they could find a way to win. That's gone this season. But these last five games seem to have found that again, which, yeah, it's much more positive.
1: Yeah. And, and you were saying, which is quite funny, like just everyone have a look on... Um... Your better app of choice for uh, Brentford and have a look what five four is going to bring in because that's that's the only one we're missing now, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So three, two, two, one, four, three, one, nil. Yeah, there's only five
1: four. Oh six five. Oh six, Oh yeah. I don't know if me. I don't know if me heart can take can take <laughs> no. that. But we were saying like the Ful- the Fulham game. Like there was that like, we mentioned. Like they had a few chances, and you you quite rightly were talking about before we started recording again about like the the Forest game and how they how they. um decided to use throw-ins and, like, those mm-hmm. just, just long balls and coming up against Tony, we know it's going to be long balls. Tony's a, a, doesn't matter that he's only, I don't know if he's, like, 5'11 or 6 foot. He still yeah. can beat most people in the air. So it's yeah. going to be – that's going to be a proper a proper battle. I mean, 5'4 might be a bit crazy, but, I mean, in terms of, like, recent other games against them we've had in the past, like, I remember the 3-3 and stuff where it was just kind of a basketball game. Yeah, But I think at home – Hopefully, we've got a bit more control in on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if Brentford beat Liverpool, they would be the first team to do a double over Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Nobody has beaten Liverpool oh. twice in a season since Klopp joined, which is mind-blowing really that he's done that. Even Guardiola hasn't done that in Man City. Um, so, yeah, the fact that nobody's beaten us twice in a season in the Premier League since Klopp came is pretty insane. Um, so that's that's sort of a, an opportunity for Brentford to do that, really. Um, because, like you say, it's against Forest. Every time they had a long throw in, it was like having a heart attack in the defence. <laughs> just, we just couldn't seem to deal with it. And Brentford will be worse. They're just so good at the set plays, so good at the, those types of opportunities. They know how to take advantage of your weaknesses, effectively. And they, they did that, like you say, in the reverse game when they beat us. 3-1, they basically took advantage of our weaknesses at set players then. Um, so, you hope in the next few days' training, that is what Liverpool are working on defensively, is being able to deal with those balls into the box, long throw-ins, things like that, because that is exactly what Brentford are going to do and they'll be confident that they can, they can get goals from that. And But, yeah, hopefully the clean sheet last night can give the defence a bit of confidence that they can, you know, keep shut out teams and hopefully I can do that at the weekend.
1: Yeah, because I was having a look. It was that first first one since the Chelsea draw, I think, first clean sheet. Which is, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's mad because like when Liv, when Liverpool are winning games, you're not thinking. I mean, I'm sure Allison at the fence thinking about clean sheets, but when you're winning games, when you're going through a bad patch, you're not thinking. Oh, you're not thinking. Oh, but well, we can see the one, or we can see the two. You're just like, well, let's just get the three points on the board. That's all we're concerned about. And um, yeah, and that's I mean, and, and the goal we were mentioning about like Salah and stuff and. Mm. Um it seems like every time we do these shows, we're talking about Salah, like breaking another record, he's doing this, he's yeah. doing that, scoring loads of goals. And yeah, his his continuing goal scoring at Anfield in a row has, has been and, and his goals this season. It's just even in a in a season where Liverpool have been pretty horrendous by their own standards, yeah. he's he's
0: still putting up amazing numbers as usual, isn't he? So he's hit forty goal involvements now, twenty nine goals, eleven assists this season. Now for a team that's struggling. To get 40 goals and assists is insane and he's missed two penalties <laughs> so there's just this it's mind-blowing that he's done it uh and the stat you're referring to there he's scored in eight in a row at anfield now um nine goals in his last eight He scored in all those games so he's only the third ever liverpool player to, to do that scoring eight in a row at anfield suarez was the last in sort of 2013 2014 and another was called Gordon Gordon Hodgson, who was one of Liverpool's top top goal scorers ever. But he was in the sort of nineteen twenties. He did his and carried on into the thirties his his goal scoring for Liverpool. So that is how rare it is. Even Salah, when that first season where he scored forty four goals in all comps, didn't score and never scored an eight in a row at Anfield. And he's he's done it this season when Liverpool aren't as good. So it's it's sort of a weird thing that he's done it this season. Really, I don't think. Um, but it just shows the consistency of him, like you say, even in a poor season in in sort of inverted commas. um he's still breaking record after record um and he's just unbelievable
1: yeah it it's mad, isn't it cuz like i think start of the season um we we expected them to, we always expect them to score goals but like you said 40 goal contributions in a season like this where he's on penalties he's missed some penalties he's still taking penalties mm. he's scored a couple recently which is nice as well but The fact that he's still doing it, I I just honestly, I find it mind blowing because, like, we could we could probably do a show every week just on twenty minutes on Mo Salah and just like what he what he produces, and I think it's mad because he's still constantly like, I I don't think he's undervalued by Liverpool fans, but I just feel like his his general um, image or like perception, like generally, I I'd feel like anyway personally, like from the rest of the league, is like
0: yeah,
1: he, he don't really they don't rate him as much as, as they should. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the whole going to Chelsea and it didn't work out. And then he went away for a couple of years and, and we signed him and stuff. And then he had that mad season where everyone thought, oh, that is, that's that's going to be his... That's, he's going to be a one-season wonder. And that's where like yeah, obviously yeah. he started the whole, oh yeah, two-season wonder, three-season wonder, four-season <laughs> wonder, and, and so on and so on. He's six now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's six-season wonder. So it's honestly, it's... I I run out of words sometimes like to cuz I've wrote a few like pieces in the past about like just his his numbers and stuff but mm-hmm. it's not when I think as we said it before like you, you'd only really appreciate him when he, when he leaves and like you look back at maybe players you've got in that era when you're looking back on him and like they're not yeah. getting anywhere near his goal scoring and then you can go oh my god he actually was a genius like we should have I think I think we do appreciate him as fans now but it's always that you always appreciate them a little bit more when they when they
0: retired as well don't you You've, you've hit a nail on the head there because I think what fans don't do is enjoy players in the moment. It's the kind of you don't know what you've got until it's gone thing. And honestly, if there's any Liverpool fan or any just Premier League fan in general who just seriously enjoy Mo Salah because right now, because, it, you know, he's in his 30s now. I don't know how long much longer he, he thinks he'll have at the very top, but, but just enjoy what he's doing because genuinely he is you know, mind-blowing what, what he's achieved as a winger as well. And he's keen to point out that he, he's not a striker. He is always, he, he does, and especially in the new system Liverpool are playing, he has to provide a lot of width and he's still scoring goals. So, um yeah, he is genuinely just an awesome player. Just, just one of those, and like you say, when... That, that this Liverpool fans maybe do appreciate him, but like when Liverpool won the league 2020, he didn't get in the team of the season and he was Liverpool's top scorer. And things like that just, just baffle me because like he was our best player that season, really. Um, it was Henderson had a great season as well, but he was brilliant and and yet he doesn't um doesn't seem to get those plaudits. I mean, I think that first season, that 2017 to 2018, he possibly should have won the Ballon d'Or and he didn't get anywhere near. Um, I think Modric won it 2018 because of obviously they won the Champions League, Croatia's run to the final. But I think Salah finished like sick for something, and he should have been so much higher than that that year. He was genuinely one of the best players in the world, without a shadow of a doubt. He certainly should have been top three. Um, so I, I don't know why. I don't know why there's that um, maybe not wider recognition of just what he's doing obviously this season it doesn't help that Haaland is putting up the most ridiculous numbers we've, yeah. we've ever seen by a premier league player um so i think that doesn't help this season because nobody can can touch what what hound's mm-hmm. doing in terms of goal scoring but salary's second behind him for goals and assists as, as you say with those 40 goal involvements so yeah i think you've just got to appreciate what he's doing and how how ridiculously good he is and and it won't last forever and you know even like gerard we all thought he'd go on forever and he plays like that, they just don't so you've got to enjoy him while you have him because it will end at some point
1: yeah and i think like you said with the harlan stuff like people are always like it's a natural human thing to do to like compare to other like and i think that's why like, why like nunez gets like a a bit of a bad rap because like Harlan's like breaking, I got his like what, 35th goal last night. And it's just, it's absolutely incredible. It really is. And then like Nunes is like getting loads of grief on Twitter because he's yeah. um, not, not the best game, but he wins. He wins as the penalty, and um, mm-hmm. that that I mean, maybe the little bit before that he should have done better with the ball initially. I think that's the thing. If that maybe that was Gakpo and that in that area he would have controlled it. And were certain points last like night, where if it was Gakpo in that position, you know the you knew the ball with the stick, you might have made something from it. But I think Klopp said after the game, like he was creating stuff and whatever. One is the penalty. It's like. I've seen a lot of people like worrying a little bit about Nunes. I just wanted to see if you were, if you were worried a little bit about him in terms of like the new setup and Gakpo doing amazingly well in that position. And does he? And then Diaz coming back in and being I can't even believe how good he is again yeah. last night and uh, the, the last game. It looks like he hasn't been away, so it's going to be really difficult for for him to find a position. But I just feel like I'm not. I don't think worried's the right word. I feel like. Yeah. I'm just I'm curious to see where he fits in best. I think.
0: Yeah, um, it's I'm certainly not worried because you know he's still Liverpool's second top scorer this season um, with 15 goals. It's not a bad return at all. His minutes per goal is pretty damn good, um, and and again, no penalties for him. He doesn't take penalties, so it, and and he's found his feet as Jurgen Klopp said he doesn't know English. Um, yeah, I think obviously Gakpo has settled in. Rough start in terms of Liverpool struggling when he first arrived, but but he's in certainly in recent weeks and the last couple of months he's settled in really well, he's starting to, to flourish. Uh, Diaz has come back and he's brilliant, so I do get what people say is you can see where Diaz and Gappo fit in the team much more easily than Nunes. Because does he play on the left where Diaz is? Does he, or he if he plays down the center, he, he does it differently to the way Gapo is is doing it at the minute? But ultimately, I think what Liverpool will need um, and obviously we won't be in the Champions League next season hopefully touch Europa League so there'll, there'll be games coming thick and fast every three or four days next season Um, you'll play different types of opponents and you'll need to switch it up and it's not about having oh this is my first choice 11 everyone else isn't as good I just don't it just doesn't work that way so there'll be, there'll be certain teams where you feel maybe Gatpo's great in terms of his um Certainly, his link-up plays improved in recent. He's got a couple of assists in his last two starts. So his link-up plays in um, improving. He's bringing people into the game. Maybe Nunes isn't that type of player. He's more runs in beyond, getting behind defences. You know, tr- moving the back four is what you would say Nunes' his strength is. Um, and ultimately, Liverpool going to need all the numbers they've got. Jota as well are up there. They'll all be needed next season. That's that's for certain. I don't think it's a case of uh, just because. You always want the plan B don't you I mean Liverpool have had Divock Origi for doing the, the plan B in in, in recent seasons it, obviously the Mane, Firmino, Salah front three was always set he, Origi was never going to break into that and that's fair enough but in terms of um, having something different to bring on and change a game when you know it's not going to work every time the Mane, Firmino, Salah front three or Diaz, Gappo Salah what if it's not working you, you need something different and you need to be able to rest players as well so yeah, I think ultimately once Nunes has had another preseason, maybe his English is better. He understands the players he's playing with more, and and like like I said at the start, he's he's still the second top scorer this season. So if he's second top scorer every single season he's at Liverpool, I'll take that because that that's a pretty good ratio. So
1: yeah, yeah, I just feel like it's because when he's in and he's scoring goals and whatever and. Like everyone's like I think when he scores or when he does something, it's celebrated more because there's so much outside noise coming in, like like doubting him. Obviously, other rival fans want him to fail, of course, and then there's Liverpool fans that I don't know maybe are worried about him fitting in and if if a if a big came in would you accept it? I saw some, I saw, I've saw some stuff like that. I'm just like I don't know. I just don't really want to get involved in that because I just mm. feel like it's way like you said quite early. It's way too early. Doesn't even know English yet. He knows like probably five words. So like, <laughs> yeah. well, imagine what happens when he knows a bit more and he can communicate, yeah. and um, he's a bit less nervous. I think. I think nerves come across in his game a little bit as well. Because I think in that area where, you've, if, especially when Gakpo's on top of his game, his touch is so crisp and, and perfect. He's such a good mm-hmm. link play, link player, and I think we've seen that like extrapolated in the last couple of last couple of games, definitely where he's well, he's been. Amazing, really, and then when you when you contrast that to Nunes, it's so, it's such a like, but like you said, such a different style. But yeah, you need those styles to to win games. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be interesting. How we um, what games we pick them for going for. But like you said, there's going to be yeah. shit loads of games next year. We're going to have to have different 20%. players for. Um, but in terms of, that, I was just going to talk about Canate as well because another player that I mentioned, like Nunes is very revered by all, and I think Canate is another one who. Last night in a game where Fulham had quite a lot of chances, but I think Ibu counter counterbalanced quite a lot of them by just being a beast and being strong and powerful, putting tackles in. And um, you posted the stat last night, which I quite enjoyed um, about him being like the um, the youngest non English player to to reach fifty appearances um, for Liverpool since since Rigi, which is. Yeah. Which which is I mean it's quite rightly because he's I think he's he's such a fan favourite, but he, he, he backs it up with pure quality because he's he's that good, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and he is only twenty-three, which for a centre back is is really young. Um and so I sort of added on to that. It's yeah, his youngest non-English since Origi, But in terms of centre backs, you the last to reach fifty appearances younger than him was Daniel Lager, two thousand seven, so a long time. You rarely see centre backs playing regularly at that sort of Age so you look at Van Dijk when he joined Liverpool, he was in his, his mid to late 20s. Um Matt obviously in his 30s, Joe Gomez is mid-20s. So he's the youngest of Liverpool's main centre halves. Um, and yet you'd argue this season he's been the best. Um, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, his his numbers in terms of he makes more tackles than, than wins more duels than any other Liverpool centre half this season, so he's certainly. He's just so imposing as a player, and um, it must be very tricky for a, a striker to get the better of. Um, and he's, he's building that partnership with Van Dyke. So that's fifty games now. So most of those have been um, with Van Dyke. Um, so he's, he's building that partnership, and yeah, he's, he's having. You know, I think Liverpool missed him at the start of the season. Uh, when it was Gomez and Matip were, were play, where he was injured, Gomez and Matip were playing more. And to be fair, I've no problem with either Gomez or Matip, a good center half as well. But um, I think Canate has just been a level above even Van Dijk this season. I think he's been that good. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been a really important player and I think he'll only get better. Certainly, he's, again, learning the system still, 50 games, is still hopefully pretty early into his Liverpool career. You hope he'll get well into the hundreds. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's been a great signing as well. Great bit of business. What, less than 40 million, 35 million. Great, great signing because, you know, there's not that many young centre halves as good as him at that price, certainly now. I'd struggle to name one.
1: No, I know, exactly. And it's because I think when we went in for him, there was like, oh, Upper or Canate. And you're like, I think Upper Makano had maybe a bigger, more people shouting about how good. He was and Kanate was maybe the like looked at looked that like as the lesser of the two. But I think like since they've both moved clubs, um especially some of the performances I've seen by Upper And I haven't seen much yeah. to be fair. I've just saw the Champions Leagues. He didn't <laughs> look very, very nervous and shaky uh, in those games. And I think Kanate is just like like you said, he's been he's been our been our best player. I like, there's someone that you can rely on rely on mm-hmm. to I think that right, like right centre back role for him going forward. I think we probably need someone right centre mid just to cover the spaces a little bit more for like yep. you said, Salah being a bit wide and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of pace and power and whatever, and like the, the first one to do it, like first centre back for Liverpool to do it for what 16 years to be mm-hmm. to be the youngest one since that. That is that is pretty pretty amazing in itself. And mm-hmm. we all know how good Aga was hopefully. Kanate because we, we didn't mention like he, he does get a few injuries and aga was the same of course as well so hopefully yeah. Kanate can can steer clear a little bit more of injuries because that's i think that that's the only thing that i when i look for like his future projection i just i just always think if there's a as long as he stays clear but it's just going to be difficult because as well is his style as well as he's quite imposing he gets stuck in he, he likes yeah, to yeah. fight he likes to tackle so he's always going to pick up these injuries as well i think but mm-hmm. as long as he stays clear of anything bad i think he's yeah in terms of like you mentioned the price is just it's just ridiculous how, how cheap we got him and i think you can say yeah. that for, for most Liverpool players the Klopp's aren't so it's an, another one that we've a steal basically um but yeah i just thought we'd we'd finish off with with Alison Becker just because yeah the the fella is just like we were talking about before we started recording as well like just how how good he is! Like he's perfect for our style. Like he's constantly fuming because Liverpool play that high line, and loads of the teams get in, and he has to make loads of saves. That's what he's there for. But he's um he's just a
0: genius, isn't he? He really is. Yeah, uh, I I've called him a, a couple of times the Messi of goalkeepers, and I think I'm <laughs> I, I'm happy standing by that because yeah, yeah. I think he is. He's that good. Um, he is. You know, in terms of his shot stopping, by far the um, best goalkeeper in the Premier League in terms of the XG he's prevented this season. Um, I mean, he's faced far too many chances. Um, I think I, we spoke before when we were sort of talking about what we talk about on the show. We spoke before and said that last season, you know, he, he did have to face a lot of quite high quality chances. Um, but this season, it's it's just it's almost doubled how many sort of big chances Liverpool face compared to last season. So last season he he was still having to do that firefighting, getting us out of jail when the offside trap or the high line's been broken. Um, but this season he's having to do it a lot more often, which is ultimately what's caused Liverpool the problems defensively. Um, this season because they've uh, had to rely on Allison a bit too much, but he's that good. You can't rely on him, which is ridiculous, really. Um, sorry, my dog making noises in the background. <laughs> I <like> the <laughs> he ignore it. Yeah, yeah, play with a bed. <laughs> 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 he's putting me off. Um <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, he's he is that good of um a goalkeeper that um you can play the way Liverpool play because you know we, even last season when Liverpool had a great record winning so many games, we did give away a lot of good chances and there was that knowledge that um yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna face some good chances, but we can trust Alisson to save most of them. Touchwood, and, and he's proved that right this season.
1: Yeah, I think like the one you sent me over about like the stats and stuff is just um, for for clean sheets. I should say like joint third um, for for Premier yeah. League clean sheets this season. I, I feel like. Because because you sent me that over and you sent me over the um the one about like he's set to be the seventh goalkeeper to keep a hundred clean sheets because obviously last night was his ninety so I mean I was going to say Brentford might be his hundredth but we, then we were talking before about five fours so I mean it's a bit of a, a bit of a change from a potential nil nil or one nil to um a five four it could, but it could yeah. be either, I suppose it depends what Liverpool turn up. But, um, it won't be
0: Allison's fault though, you know that. No, no, exactly.
1: But like his, you, but he was talking about like his his ratio and stuff, for, like clean sheets and stuff. And it's, he's, yeah. he's just. I mean, we could like we we're saying about Salah. Like we could do a show on Salah. We could do a show on Allison as well. Like because like you said, these the amount of saves that he makes and stuff, and like chances that he stops. Like there was like we mentioned, we mentioned like there's two last night from Vinicius where. Like I think the first one in the first half is a good save, but like the second one, yeah, where he comes out and he just a bit a big right arm blocks it and stuff. It's just like it, It's looked. He's never. He's not a flashy goalie, and I think that's the thing that people maybe didn't realize how good he was at first because it was like, well, he's saving it, but he's just saving it. I was like, well, because I used to see what I used to see a lot on Twitter is like, oh, but it was right at him. You know, like, like he shot what it, is, right, it was right on him. So what do you mean he saved? Yeah. Him, he should have saved it. It's like, well, he's had to come out. He's put his arms in a way to make it better, yeah, yeah. but percentage probability wise, to save mm-hmm. it. And yeah, it, it, I just think it's funny. But I think now, I think like we mentioned, Salah maybe not getting the plaudits that he deserves in terms of the the country uh, accepting him as like one of the best. I think Allison. Yeah. I think the last couple of years has, has now got that, hasn't he? Because. Mm. People can see um, it's getting highlighted, like we mentioned, like John Harrison on Twitter, and, and Carragher's then using those stats on like yeah, yeah. Monday Night Footy, Sky Sports, so it's getting amplified. And I think you can see, all well, the stats speak for themselves, don't they, in terms of
0: yeah. his what what he can do. Yeah. So you mentioned the clean sheets. Uh, he's, he's he is third in the Premier League this season. So to do that when Liverpool have been struggling, there's only De Gea and, and Pope with more. Um, but he's on 99 clean sheets for Liverpool in all comps now. And there's only six goalkeepers on 100. So he's looking to be the, the seventh, you know, whether he gets it against Brentford or not, but we'll see. But I'm sure he'll get it at some point. Um, and if, as, as, uh, he's pretty certain um, whether, I think he's got 30 or 40 games to to become the, the fourth fastest to 100 clean sheets for Liverpool by a goalkeeper. And like I said, that ratio, so he's kept a clean sheet, 43.4% of his games for Liverpool. And it's only of the top 10 um, Liverpool goalkeepers for clean sheets, only Ray Clements, 48.6, and Pepe Reina, 44.9, can actually beat that ratio of clean sheets. Um, so, yeah, Alisson was second. I think you asked me what was it before this season. He was actually second above Reina, uh, but obviously this season it's taken a bit of a knock. But he's had a brilliant season, so it's not really his fault that it's, it's taken that hit, but he, he was like 45.7% before this season, but yeah, 43.4%. So he's not that far off sort of one in two. I mean, no goalkeeper really keeps one in two clean sheets. very hard to do that. But um, yeah, so 43.4 is an excellent ratio. 99 clean sheets, 228 games. There's a couple where he got either a red card or um, subbed off as well, injured. Uh, remember Norwich first game of nineteen twenty I think he got sent off against Brighton. Um, so he possibly could have kept clean sheets in those games as well so things like that have, have affected his numbers slightly but yeah his, 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 his ratio is pretty pretty impressive
1: yeah I only asked about like his, his his record before this season just because we know he's been great but there's been the people can see that a lot of goals <laughs> this season and it, I think it also highlights as well like we mentioned how good Alisson like how good Rayner was but then he did have like a proper sturdy, good back four as well. Yeah. It wasn't like the. Um, I mean, he put Rainer in the current team. Uh, I think he he drops out lower than forty four point nine in terms yeah. of. He's a, a great goalie, but I think different style. I think Allison is just like an in terms of an all rounder. I think the only mm. thing that sometimes worries me is is his like his kicking. I think and I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's got worse. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I, I felt like sometimes he, he takes like a touch he takes it like a. It, it's like a typical allison touch which i'm used to now he takes a touch and he kind of holds it for like yeah. two seconds three seconds and you're like right now get rid of it but he holds on to it for another second then yeah. then he kicks it but then he falls over and fucks it up a little bit yeah i think that's the only thing that in terms of an all-round keeper you can't be perfect but i think that would be the only if i had to pick a negative i think that mm-hmm. would be it that would in terms of he's still amazing at it. i mean i'm, I'm really i'm Clutching at straws, I suppose, in terms yeah. of like giving him some negative feedback. But I think that for me, I think that would be the only thing I think that he could pr- improve upon if, yeah. if he could.
0: Um, yeah, it's the one area you would say Edison is better than him in terms of the Brazil yeah. um, squad. Edison is brilliant with his feet. Um, but like you say, I'd still say Alisson is one of the better keepers in Europe with his feet. Even yeah. like, again, we can trust him with the ball at his feet because. He does make errors, and Edison makes errors. Everyone, they, all goalkeepers will make errors with the feet, and it's it's more obvious when a goalkeeper does than if a midfielder does because there's nobody to bail him out if he if he cocks it up. So okay. um, for for that that's sort of maybe why you, when when Allison makes an error, it's more glaring. Um, but for me, you know, he is still one of the certainly his numbers in terms of the accuracy, of passing, and he creates chances as well by some of his passes he's got three assists for sala goals in in yeah. recent seasons um and i mean some of those kicks he does like when when he's claimed a cross and he quickly pumps yeah. it upfield long and he almost he almost he falls over doing the kick because he has to get that much sort of power behind it yeah. but the accuracy he keeps the accuracy so i'd still say even kicking is is I would call it a strength above the average goalkeeper, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Definitely. So we're calling it a weakness in relation to all other aspects of his game. You know, because it's shot stopping, one on one, claiming crosses, throwing even. But 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 you know, he's still good at it. So it, it's like the the worst of a, a, a bunch of good things he's good at, if you get what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's world class.
1: Yeah, I, I think kicking from his hands, like you said, like the assist and stuff. I think sometimes it's just a when it gets passed into him, I'm like, oh no, like just, yeah, just, mm. just, just well here, just, just get, just get rid of it. Don't worry. Don't mess about. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's, yeah, it's the, it's the smaller percentage of something that he's a little bit worse at than the rest because it's like, yeah. if it was like a, one of those like charts where it's like a, a big star, it would be like right round the edge basically in terms of yeah, yeah. hitting all those metrics, like shots saved and, all The other metrics that he's, he excels at as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we can leave it there, Mike. A nice round half an hour there on, yeah, uh, on, a, on another Liverpool win, which we <laughs> is, is always good to talk about. And, and keep how long can we keep it up? up. Yeah, uh, well, no, I said last time, like, if if yeah, we it's it's down to us now. I think we need to just keep doing these, <laughs> and if Liverpool keep winning, then flop's relying on us. <laughs> He's like, oh, they've done another statue here. We're going to have to fucking fucking get a bit more energy in the legs for tonight, lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, thanks as always for, uh, for jumping on, lad. Really, really appreciate it. Like I said last time, if you're not following on Twitter, then go and do so. It's at Michael underscore read 11. There's always, always good stuff on there. Always gets loads of interactions, of course, because it's, all good stuff but uh, yeah Mike nice one as usual nice one everyone for listening Uh, hope you enjoyed that one and yeah we'll be back I'm not going to say when Liverpool win against Brentford I'm not going to say it this time because I don't (laughs) don't want another Brendan Reuters moment (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah we'll see you all very soon nice one
0: Podcast Network.